And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, can you hear me? Can you hear yourself? Can you hear God? The worst part about our advanced technology is the disruption of the basic senses. Don't get weird on me. Tons of our tech is totally cool. Order a pizza with a push of a button? Oh, yeah. But one thing suffers greatly, our ability to listen. And with that loss comes separation from others. Next, if you've ever watched a Mel Brooks movie, you know it's uh, it's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. What is not good is to be the subject of a king, and it's not good to be subject to a government, which is run by people, or a corporation, which is run by people, or anything else that has its origins on planet Earth. But you got to serve somebody, and if it's not from planet Earth, you better choose wisely. And finally, there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. The new is what we operate in now. But there's great wisdom and great truth in the old. So while we need to know the new inside and out, we need to know the old so that we don't get turned right side wrong. There is gold in the old. Let's mine it, let's find it, and let's use it. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Uh Uh-oh. Spiritual observations. Hmm. My life's insanity is an oeve. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. During the show. Yeah, really, you can. David at he must increase.org. You can text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you do that, you'll talk to Captain Chris. And then you know you're sailing in the right direction. There you go. I do like that. That See, that's just smooth. It's got a good feel to yeah, it. Yeah, it's got a good feel. Exactly. All right, so there's here's the deal. You might have a thought, a question, an idea. Maybe something's bouncing around in your head, and you're like, I need to talk to somebody about this. Perhaps you have something going on, and you want to have prayer for it, like a prayer request or a praise report or anything along those lines, or even, uh-oh, Bible trivia. We gotta get a the sound for that, right? Rebel trivia. Okay, I'm gonna give that to you. Let you do that. All right, we've been talking about this a lot, and we've already covered this, but I need you guys to kind of go with me in sequence. 
Okay, who rolled back the stone at the entrance of the tomb and sat on it? Okay, it's not a Fonzie line, okay? You understand? Who rolled back the stone, okay, who rolled back the stone at the entrance of the tomb and sat on it? Okay, let's just leave it there. And if you know, you are welcome to reach out to us at 972. Yes, we kind of asked this one before. Yes, it's been answered, but... It's got a sequence to go through. You got to follow it. 972-445-0770. That is the phone number. Somebody already calling in. Or uh, you can text in 214-210-8483. Always welcome to do that. And then you can also send an email, David at he must, uh, David at org. In the meantime, we're going to do a quick shout out for the website because we're a little low. And so we always tell you that we're a little low, which means we need your help. Please check out he must org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, now as the answers come flying in on the trivia, we have somebody who's already called in, and here we go, here we go. This is David, who am I talking to? Well, you're talking to Deborah. Well, I like talking to Deborah, so that works for me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, now see, the reason we have to ask this is it kind of goes in a sequence in some of these trivia questions. So we're asking who rolled back the stone at the entrance of the tomb and then sat on the stone? Who did that? Um, well, wasn't it an angel? That is correct, Amanda! It was an angel. We talked about this before, but I still find this to be one of the most fascinating elements. Real simply, I think about angels, and you think about them described in the Bible, and you think about all these different elements, all these powerful things they're doing. And in this particular case, uh, the angel was chilling. It's just like sitting on a rock. It's just like, how how weird is that? It's like, what? You're just sitting there? You're just sitting on a rock? Yeah, just sitting here. What are you doing, Mr. Angel? I'm just sitting on the rock. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you. Have a good day. All right. God bless you. Take care. Thank oh, you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So here we go into our first. See, we're already rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep them doggies rolling. Ride. Yeah, that's right. That's our that's our sound. <laughs> okay. All right. This is uh, called Can You Hear Me? See, sometimes our DDD, Devotional Diamonds of the Day, have a title. Okay? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I read them. Sometimes I don't. Thanks. Can you hear me? First Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. Then Samuel said to all Israel, I have carefully listened to everything you said to me and placed a king over you. Now, we're going to find out that's not the greatest thing that happened. We're going to find that out in a little bit. But I want you to get something that Samuel says that we are losing the battle in. He said, I have carefully listened to everything you said. In our society, we are microwave society, right? We are so impatient, we have an express lane. <laughs> this is how impatient we are. If you go to a fast food restaurant, let's just, and it takes more than three minutes, even for In and Out, 
Okay? Which, by the way, the name means fast. In and out, in and out, in and out. That's what a hamburger is all about. Let's go. The idea behind this is that we are just moving it, moving it, moving it. And our technology and all the things that we've allowed is fantastic in many ways. Sometimes very, in some ways very bad. But in many, many ways, it's excellent, especially from a medical point of view, uh, enhancing life, all those things. I mean, like I said, you push a button, you get a pizza. Come on, right? But here's what the result of that can be that a lot of people don't want to identify. And that is we don't listen carefully because we're so distracted that we move on to the next thing while we're in the middle of the thing we're doing. And the problem with that is in relationship. Okay. So uh, I will address the guys a little bit more than the girls in this particular area, just because there's a great truth in it. The wife or, you know, your mother or even your sister, whatever, might be saying something and you're like, just going, get to the punchline, get to the punchline, get to the punchline. (laughs) That is not listening carefully, okay? Hearing is receiving sound decimals. That's what it means. I am receiving sound decimals. Do, 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 do. Listening is making sense of those sound decimals. Ah, that's a difference. That means that what you're hearing, you're actually, watch this, processing. So like for guys in relationships, when my wife will tell me something, what happens when she tells me part one of 16 parts? I tell her the entire solution in 30 seconds. Okay, well, your answer is do this and do this and do this. You want to know why? I'm not listening carefully. Okay? I'm just receiving sound decimals, responding like a robot (laughs) most of the time. We have to make sense of those sound decimals, and I'm going to give you the key on how to do that. It's going to change your life if you do this. You think, well, is this uh, important for our scriptural point of view? Yes, it's important from a scriptural point of view because this is what God expects of us. Ready? Be present in your situation. What does that mean? That means be there while it's happening. Don't be in your next meeting. Don't be in your next achievement. Don't be in the next thing you're trying to do. You'll get there. It'll be there. That's fantastic. But when somebody's talking to you or somebody's sharing with you or you're engaging, be present. You want a really good example? You go to church and on your phone, you use your Bible app. Okay. No problem. Except while the pastor is making a super important point, it's right there that you push the little button to get the updated score on the game. That is called not being present. Can't do that. God don't like that. Another great English way to say that. God don't like that. Here's the bottom line. Be present. Make sense of what you hear. Listen. Be there in the moment. Okay? All right. That's not too hard. We should do that. Okay, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770. That's KAAMEN, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. 
Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? So the situation uh, for the woman turned out to be fine. But remember, he's there with Jairus, and Jairus' daughter is dying. Uh, verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. This is a situation for Jairus that went from worse to the worst. All right, you know how we said it can go from bad to worse? We were talking about that. Well, it can go from bad to worse to the worst. And this is the worst. The guy's daughter died. Oh, she wasn't just really sick. She died dead. And they even said to her, "What? there's no point in talking to this guy anymore. This is over. Situation done. And that's how a lot of us process situation done. But then Jesus does what Jesus does because he's so amazing. He overheard what they said to him. They didn't say it to Jesus. They said it to the guy. They said it to, to Jairus. Right? And they said to him, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus said to, to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. So there are three things that you just you can't miss this. Number one, Jesus is telling the guy whose daughter just died, ignore them. It's like, can you imagine? Okay. Uh, the doctor just pronounced her dead. Yeah, ignore that guy. <laughs> what? He's the doctor. Ignore that guy. That's just like the blind men who are like people are telling him, be quiet, stop it, stop it. And he shouts out all the more. It's at some point you just got to ignore any external noise that hasn't been sanctioned by God and just go, yeah, I'm not paying attention to that. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I love this new thing that Don has come up with. So instead of just saying KAAM, he's got it going KAAMAN. And so he was talking to me earlier today about it uh, and when he came in before he left. And uh, he was like, well, does it has a connection to truth and because amen means so be it or it is correct, so on and so forth. So he did a quick research after he left. And it uh, turns ironic, uh, out ironically that amen is connected to a word in the Hebrew that does mean truth. And it's like amen is actually the, the, the word truth, which is like, wow, who knew that? I didn't even know that. So that was a good call on his part. So pretty good. Okay, uh, next trivia question. But we got to play the horn for this trivia question. <laughs> That's right. That's the warning horn. <laughs> That's the horn that tells you, uh-oh. 
something kind of tricky coming up here. Kinda. Kind of like a halfway tricky. What did Jesus say to Herod Antipas? What did Jesus say to Herod Antipas? Okay. What did Jesus say? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. Remember, the horn was played. Uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. And as we are known to do about this segment or so, we have a joke that some of you will think is not that funny. There is no intent to offend anybody. If I had that intent, I'd just come to your house and knock on your door. But this is radio, so I'm not doing that. You ready for this one? Okay. All right. <laughs> I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> I do. I just like, yes, to put up with all this stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. This I don't know if we'll do two or not. This is pretty good if you just can roll with it. A priest was invited to attend a house party. Naturally, he was properly dressed and wearing his priest's collar. A little boy kept staring at him the entire evening. And finally, the priest asked the little boy what he was staring at. The little boy pointed to the priest's neck. When the priest finally realized what the boy was pointing to, he asked the boy, Do you know why I'm wearing this? The boy nodded his head and said yes. And he replied, It kills fleas and ticks for up to three months. (laughs) Come on! That's not bad, is it? It's a little boy! It's a little boy! Okay, go Does back. it work now? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> up to three. Okay, I'm going to get a text from, I mean, Eric's going to listen to that and go, okay, that was funny. All right, that is funny. Uh, again, the trivia question, what did Jesus say to Herod Antipas? If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us uh, by calling 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Get ready. We just did that thing on, on listening, right? Uh, we're just talking about Samuel, and he was like, I listened to you carefully. And now we're going to look at the next segment. Ready? It's good to be the king. (laughs) That's what this one is. Now, if you guys have never seen the Mel Brooks movie where he goes, it's good to be the king. Okay, that's Robin Hood, Men in Tights. I do not encourage anybody to see any movie ever, anywhere. I just don't do that. But if I was going to suggest a movie, that may be one that I would suggest if you like to laugh. If you have no sense of humor, don't bother. First uh, Samuel chapter 12, verse 17, isn't the wheat harvest today? I will call on the Lord and he will send thunder and rain so you will know and see what a great evil you have committed in the Lord's sight by requesting a king for yourself. Here I want you to catch that in the last segment we talked about being present. We talked about listening, making sound of sound decimals. Hearing is receiving sound decimals. Listening is making sense of it. That's where you uh, you hear it and you do something with it, being present. And in that case, we were talking about Samuel in 1 Samuel 12.1, where he said, I have listened carefully to what you have said. 
Now he's going to dump on them a little bit because what the children of Israel did was they asked for a king. Now, why did they ask for a king? They asked for a king so that—get ready, get ready. They asked for a king so that they could be like the world. They asked for a king so that when they went to warfare, there would be a king that would lead them out. And the problem with this isn't that they wanted to have victory. The problem is they wanted their system in their country to be like the world systems around them, and that's not what God wants. And so it's just like, okay, uh, this, this bad. That's a bad idea. And so instead of uh, you know just really rebuking them the way that God had done prior, God says, eh, yeah, you want a king? Eh, you want a king? Huh? You want a king? Okay, I'm going to give you a king. And he did. And when Samuel describes what the king does, I'm going to read you a list of what the king does or what the king can do. Here's the list. Here's This is seven things the, the king can take. The king can take your sons. The king can take your daughters. The king can take your fields. The king can take your staffs, the, your staff. The king can take your donkeys. The king can take your flocks. And the king can take you. Now, here is the key, all right? Israel wanted a king, and God said, you want a king? Okay, you're going to have a king, and you're going to find out that serving the king, he's going to take from you your children, your fields, your staff, your donkeys, your flocks. He's going to take even you. He'll take your land when he needs your land. Anything that—you ever heard of that process, eminent domain? Anything the king wants, the king gets. You're not going to be able to stop him because that's how the world system is. And then he closes it out with this. It's better that you should have served a loving God than a dictatorial king or government. And that's true for us. Everybody wants to have this worldly system or wants to have this in place so they can be like everybody else. Would you rather serve a loving, merciful, kind, and compassionate God or a dictatorial king or government that will tell you everything you can and cannot do? This is the entry point to buying or selling only by permission. Don't you think it's like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, this is bad. Better to serve the living, loving God than any other being. Oh, you're going to serve somebody. Could be the devil, could be the Lord, but you're going you're gonna to serve somebody. Okay, there it is. All right, we got somebody ready to answer the trivia? Ooh, this is a, remember I had that horn on this one. Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's Samson. Hey, brother. How are you? I was praying for you today. I hey, doing I'm good. doing good. Oh, I'm so glad to hear from you. Are things going yeah. a little better? Yes. Yay. That's great. That's good news. That's an answer to prayer, so we're appreciative of that. Thank you. Thank you for checking on me. Yes. You're our brother. You're our, one, of our, one of our special people in the Lord. You're one of us. All right, Thank you, you. you, you got to answer this. You, you ready to answer this? Because it's kind of a tricky well, question. <laughs> I must confess, I was hearing it, but but wasn't listening. Oh, good <laughs> line! Good line! Oh, my goodness. The comedy never stops on this show, right here. <laughs> yes. My brother, that was so funny. All right, what did Jesus say to Herod Antipas? 
I believe he said F-O-X. Tell that fox. That That's what he said about him. What did he say to him? Oh. Uh, What's zero? Then, what's zero minus zero? Oh, zero minus zero is zero. That's right! That's it! Zero minus zero is zero. You know what he said to him? Nothing. <laughs> he didn't say anything. Remember nah. what? <laughs> see, that's why it was a tricky question. It's like, what did he say? Nothing. He didn't say anything. That's why the guy was so upset. He was like, oh, boy, oh, okay. you're saying nothing to oh, me. Oh, yes, he was quiet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's why we played the horn. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Hey, I have a quick theological question uh, regarding uh, Revelation 5. What are those four living creatures? Oh, that that would take four years for me to tell you in this All show. Right, maybe no, no, but, 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 let me, let me say something. I, my, what I tell people to do, I, I think you should hear the, all the different points of view. Billy Graham does a great, great job on his book in regards to the four creatures. Here's what I would say to you. Here's what I'd say. Read it and ask God to kind of show it to you and then study it. Study and see what those, what that representation may be. Don't be afraid of it. People are so afraid of Revelation because they, they don't understand theological parts of it. Just remember, God is speaking to us through that word in pictures. I could give you what my take is on it, but I don't want to do that because that will sway you. I want you to get to the the point where it's between you and the Lord and from a theological point using Scripture to help you understand what that is. That's what I want you to do. That's the best answer because Scripture is the best teacher about Scripture, period. Mm -hmm. Can I quickly ask you— are those four creatures are are kind of interconnected with the Ezekiel? Yeah, you you, you get oh, okay. to you, you get or, to see that there's a yes, correct. There's a, that's why you use scripture to understand scripture. If you look at it, I mean, people used to think just think about people thinking about Ezekiel is like, was that guy on acid? I mean, you just can't believe where this guy came up with stuff. And then you get to read some of this in Revelation, you think, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Everything mm-hmm. in the Bible is connected. God writes nothing by accident. That's right. that's the maybe thing I right. need to shout it out. Mara Maranatha. Come quickly. Amen. No, that's that's a good answer right there. I love you, brother. Love you, Nilo. We're gonna do you. Let me know if you need a testimony. I'll be happy to share. You got it. Next time you call him, we'll we'll make that space. All okay? right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. God bless. Okay, God bless. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our break here. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill. Can't stand the shame. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing 
but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. A couple things I think we'll open up with. I've decided to open up with a story that I wasn't going to open up with because it's such an outrageous story, but it's not an outrageously super bad story. It's an outrageously super dumb story. There's a big difference. Bad is when I tell you, which I'll be telling you probably in the next segment, how the federal government is creating a database to track down uh, hate speech as they define it. That's bad. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is dumb, but it's funny dumb. Dumb, ha-ha, funny, but not entirely. Get this. Now, I'm holding a picture in my hands. You can't see it. But there are four monkeys in this picture that I'm holding. And the headline reads this. Millions in taxpayer money used... To study drunken monkeys. No, no, really, drunken monkeys. And you're thinking, no, you're making that up. Nope, federal government reportedly has spent $3.2 million so far in order to get monkeys drunk in order to study the effect of alcohol on the monkeys. I don't know. See, I don't know where you're even going to go. Where are you going to go with this? There's, I'm going nowhere. There's no. I got nothing to there's say. There's no comment that anybody can make. The David Spoon Experience. Sometimes hallelujah. Oh, welcome back to the Sometimes David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Also known, by the way, as KAAM. Amen. I don't like that. We'll do it at the end. I like that better. Uh, we have our next trivia question. I do want to give a reply. I, I know people are thinking, well, why didn't you give uh, Sam more on that in Revelation chapter uh, 5, verse 8 and 14 about the four creatures? And why didn't you say more? I'm going to tell you why. And then I want you to check this out for yourself. And that way you'll know I'm not kidding when I say how easily it is to influence people on what things are. In that very chapter, chapter 5 in Revelation, chapter 5, what you hear is that nobody's worthy to take the book, and then you hear, listen to this, then you hear it's the, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is worthy, right? You hear about the lion of the tribe of Judah, and then John describes what he heard and what he what he heard was the lion of the tribe of Judah, and then what he sees is a lamb slain. So, just to give you the tweak of the brain, he hears lion, 
sees lamb. That's in chapter five. You see, I could tell you different things, but it's like, I'll let you figure that out. Go look at chapter five. If, in fact, if that question induces, it kind of moves you or motivates you to look at Revelation chapter five, that's a win because that's what we want. We want you to make sure that your BFN is in the book. You big fat nose. That's uh, that's what we say. All right. Uh, here we go. This is a really challenging question. To make the disciples understand the dangerous times that they were facing, they were about to face, Jesus told them to sell what in order to buy a sword? Okay. What did Jesus tell them to sell? Now, there's a lot of people who say, well, he wasn't really saying buy a sword. Okay. Uh, that's what he said. <laughs> Don't take it. No, that's not what he meant. We, we, we didn't say buy a, you know, buy a bowl of crisp cereal. He said buy a sword. It's like that's what he said. But what did he tell them to sell in order to do that? That kind of gives you some clues right there. If you think you know the answer to that, you can call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. What is it that Jesus told the disciples to sell in order to buy the sword? Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm not a nice guy, am I? Uh, Ready to do a little history? Yeah, ready? Here we go. We'll do history. All right, a couple things to tell you. Today is a fantastic day in history. You have to know <laughs> that I'm thinking food. You just, just, just think it. National Cream-Filled Donut Day. <laughs> That's right. Come on, right? Is that? Just, do you have a favorite donut? Do you have like favorite? Like I like eclair, like the chocolate eclairs kind of thing. They're filled. I'm a fan of an apple fritter. Are you really? Wow! Learning about Captain Chris right there. Uh, it is also uh, Eat a Hoagie Day. <laughs> Can you go wrong there? This is my so, kind of day. I know. Then uh, I think this is kind of weird, but it's Gobstopper Day. I think that's from Willy Wonka. <laughs> right? And then National Coloring Day, which is I hope that's not like a coloring book because if it is, I was bad at that. I mean, I was just not good. Were you good at coloring? Not really, Okay, no. good. Notice I said good. <laughs> and then uh, finally, International Crab Fest Day, which is okay by me. I'm good on all those. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's not interesting. That's not interesting. I'll just uh, 1948, the building of the United Nations headquarters in New York City began. Uh, the cornerstone was laid in October 24th, 1949, and they've been taking advantage of America ever since. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Oops. Sorry about that. In 1959, the first man-made object reaches the moon when the Soviet probe Luna 2 crashes into it. Although I'm kind of curious, if it crashed into it, how do they know it reached it? Because there'd be no way to retrieve that. It's kind of the weird stuff I think about. 1981 on this day, The People's Court, uh, the TV show The People's Court, debuted with Judge Joseph Wapner. Did you ever see that? That's a long time ago in a land far away, wasn't it? Okay, just smile at me. Just pretend I know what I'm doing. Okay, great. All right, let's get into this text uh, trivia question. What did 
Jesus tell his disciples to sell in order to buy uh, the sword that he told them to get. Now, listen, if you answer a trivia question, you get it wrong, don't ever, like, so you're trying. That's the whole point, right? And some of these uh, trivia questions are sneaky, but they're that way so you'll think. They're not there to just uh, fool you, okay? All right. Are right, you ready for the text? Here we go. Uh, why bother with the Old Testament? Okay. One of the reasons is because if you look at Daniel chapter 7 and then you look at uh, Revelation chapter 5, you're going to find out that there's some similarities. That might help. Just exactly what Sam was asking. See, he asked that question, brought it right back up. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they looked at him, and they said, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? For those that don't know, during a time where David wasn't supposed to get substance and uh, and get food, he got that from the priests on his way out on his journey, which he lied about, just in case you're trying to figure it out. The king has sent me on a, an urgent mission. That urgent mission for David was to escape the king. Okay, so. <laughs> You can't you can't look at stuff like that in Scripture and try and sugar. You just say exactly what it is. But look at what Jesus said about that. Listen to what Jesus said. Have you not read? Aha! 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 What Jesus said to the Pharisees was, have you guys not read this book? Have you not read it? You see, what they did was they would take the laws, 619 or 613, depending on whether you're from Oregon or from Massachusetts. I don't really care. And the bottom line is they took that law and they they chose certain things and they made heavy-duty application and they didn't give any room left or right. And they said, this is what it is and you will follow this. And if you don't follow this, you're a terrible human being and, you know, uh, an anathema. I mean, kind of attitude on, on people. And Jesus just simply says, have you not read what was written? And that's a fair question for you and I. Uh, when we go through things, you just and I do this quite a bit, have you not read this? <laughs> and you hear me say that. I'm not trying just to be a smarty pants. I'm just following Jesus. And Jesus said, have you not read what David did? I mean, if you're going to follow a good example in the Old Testament, I think David would be pretty good, except for when he did certain things that were super-duper bad. But here's what Romans 15, 4 says. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through the perseverance, through perseverance and encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. What people do is they look at the Old Testament, and they see all the things that they think they should be, you know, we got to fulfill this, we got to fulfill this. And they're missing what's in the book. What's in the book is encouragement and hope. And the Old Testament is filled with it. Even in the midst when man deserved to be annihilated, God spared me. You think of Noah and you think, oh, that's a, that's a really tough story because it's Noah and God's wiping out all the people. He should have wiped out the whole race, all of us, but he didn't. How about looking at it from that point of view? He let mankind continue. 
Or how about all the times that he gave grace and victories to, to the people that didn't deserve it? How about all the times that people humbled themselves and changed and, and God changed the circumstance because of their demonstration of humility? Or how about all the times that you've gone into the Psalms and you read it and you go, oh, yeah, all right, now, now I get it. Or the Proverbs, or the history of Israel, or any of the book of Isaiah where he talks about that we can find perfect peace if we trust in the Lord. How about that? People are trying to figure out, well, what about the, you know, Jesus, uh, you know, you changed the law here, changed the law. Jesus changed the ceremonial law and brought that to a close. There's no question. He didn't change the civil law because the civil law is established by each culture, and he didn't change the moral law except to make it worse because he said, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer, not if you just kill your brother. It's like, well, that makes it worse. But the ceremonial law, yeah, done. We're not doing that. Jesus fulfilled that. That was it. Because you have a moral law, a civil law, and a ceremonial law. In the Old Testament, it is written for our perseverance in the Scripture and that we might get encouragement from the Scripture. When you read the Old Testament, there's certain things in there that we just miss. The nation of Israel had the high priest come into the very presence of God on this this holiday, on Yom Kippur, which has to do with the Day of Atonement. It's the only day the high priest could go into the presence of God to deal with the sins of the people. Instead of running away from God like Adam and Eve did, God put the testimony in the Old Testament that we run to God. See, that's it's just, per, uh, you just can see Jesus go, uh, didn't you read that? Did you, did you read that? There? It's, in the, it's in the book. It's filled with that. Read it with the Holy Spirit and not with a Pharisaical spirit, and you'll see it. I mean, that's just kind of like the truth on that. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break. And we're at the break time, right? We're at the break. Okay, we are. All right, uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Here we go. Let me give you an update on Easton Scott. A lot of tough stuff that my daughter and my son-in-law have been going through. Uh, I did send an email out. I don't know if, Julie, if you got the email or not. I did. send it out to everybody. So he was going through 20 and 30 seizures per episode, and they've got that down to a dramatically less amount. But the sad news is that from a medical point of view, uh, Easton does not, it does not appear as, according to the doctors, that he will be able to speak or will be able to care for himself. And so what the result of that is, is that Julianne and Jared, my son-in-law and my daughter, have recognized that God has put them in a position to be the best parents to love Easton Scott with all that they can and give them the best life that they can. But while that's going on, they're not going to stop believing that something can change. And the doctors even said... This is territory we don't even know. Right, because this, this is a problem that not very many people have had. So Very few. Everybody is different. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they have like 230 total cases 
in the world that they have records on, which is like, so they're like, we don't know. Right. And it's like, so I, I just want to read this one thing my daughter wrote. It's a fantastic. She wrote this, uh, you know, it's not easy to sit there and write a Facebook post that tells all the things you've been going through. And so I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read the last paragraph because I thought that was really significant. She wrote, scientifically, Easton does not have much of a chance. His best case scenario is he may possibly be able to walk and say three to five words one day. But God can help him. He's not afraid of impossible odds. And if Easton is healed one day, there will be no question as to where it comes from. It will not be because of therapy. It will not be because of medication or diet. It will be because of God's undeniable healing power. So in the meantime, we choose to raise a hallelujah and trust in God. Ladies and gentlemen, that is faith. Now, the the idea that it's going to be simple and everything's going to be great and they're trying to make pie in the sky, that doesn't exist at all. If you read this, and, and I think Wonder Julie can attest to it, she tells you this is ugly. This, right. this is a not a good situation. It's going to change our lives. He's never going to be able to be unattended. It doesn't look good. And, you know, as a parent, you're heartbroken. They have two other children. They don't want to have any loss in their communication with their kids, but they're going to have to give extra attention. They were going to have a fourth child. They're not sure they're going to do that now. So you got a lot of things in play. But what you can't deny is that my I, I will take I won't take credit, but I'll stand in there as a grandparent and as a parent and say, what a fantastic position of faith that my daughter has grown into. She has made the determination that she will do the best that she can as a human being to give this child the best life she can, and she will not quit hoping. Amazing Grace. How sweet. Oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. By the way, KAAM is also K-double-A-men. I like that. That's good. You just do it at the end. Can it's roll to it. That'll work. Okay. All right. I did not uh, answer the trivia question, although somebody is on the phone. Uh, but before, so we're going to get that. I'm going to repeat the trivia question, give them a chance to answer. But before we give them that chance, we may give, we're going to give Captain Chris a chance. He might have an alternate answer. So we want to have that opportunity for him. The question was what uh, makes, uh, what uh, the disciples were told to sell in order to buy a sword. What did Jesus tell him to sell? And so we're going to give Captain Chris an alternate answer opportunity. What do you got? Was it Amway? <laughs> that was the detergent. <laughs> was it Amway? Excellent beginning to your new career in alternate answers. That's what we're just going to call it. You should have a, a little sound behind it. Alternate answers. Okay. Uh, let's go to the person. Was it Amway? <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Let's uh, ring them through. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is David. Hi, David. Hi, Mary. How are you? Well, I'm going to guess at this question. You're going to guess at it? Okay. All right. All right. You're going to take a guess at it. So we had some people text in. It's kind of a tough question. It's not an easy one. What did Jesus tell the disciples they should sell to buy a sword? What did he say to them? 
I'm 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 thinking you said to sell all that you have to buy a sword. No, but I'll but I'll but I will help you out. Okay, let's do. We can do this together. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. In hey. in the realm of of uh, uh, espionage, there's a phrase called blank and dagger. Do you know what that is? that first word is? Blank. Oh, and- oh, yes. Oh, there it is. It's like it's like what is that? Is that uh, password or Jeopardy or something? No, it's like password. We just did a password thing. Good job, Mary. That was really good. <laughs> it was a cloak, and people are like, "What?" Yeah, that's right. There you Tell go. Your Great job, Mary. Great pickup okay, on that. That's good. Excellent work. Very, very good. I really appreciate it. Good good job, Mary. That was awesome. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, I I just had to know, so. Yeah, that was a good one. That was really good. Good job. Alrighty, (laughs) bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was so good. I can't believe it. It was just like a little password thing, right? Blank and dagger. needed a you know you know the password is cloak <laughs> something like that that'd have been hilarious that's our show folks if you don't like it there's a knob right there or a button or something i don't know if you're on the internet there's lots of okay let's enjoy it are you ready for this all right we're gonna skip the word which is like oh is that shocking we skipped it 10 days in a row here we go acts chapter 7 verse 9 uh through 10 Actually, it's 9 through 10a. So anytime you're reading scripture and somebody gives a reference point, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, so that if it says like A, B, C, or D, or A, B, C, or A, B, C, D, there are different, what they do is they take scriptures and they break them up into smaller sections. So anytime you hear uh, it's uh, Acts 7 through uh, 7, 9 through 10a, it's just going to be the beginning part of A. That's all it means, just to kind of help you identify. It says this, The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt, but God was with him and rescued him out of all his troubles. Okay? One of my uh, absolute favorite portions uh, is uh, Joseph. I just love uh, the whole thing. My Haftorah, which is when I was 13 years old, what they do is when you get bar mitzvah, you have to— you share the service with the rabbi and the cantor. Okay, you're kind of like sharing the service, and the haftorah is the part that they read out of uh, the the Torah part, which is of course Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So there's a portion that you're assigned, and they're assigned by week, and so on and so forth. And my portion had to do with Joseph interpreting the dreams. So I mean, I've, I've always been partial, you know, just because it's always been something that's connected to me. So I love Joseph. He's just such a Great, great guy that I wish I could have one-tenth of his character. I mean, it'd be fantastic because that guy was like, wow, how did he, how did he, you know, I just never would have done it. I would have been, I'd have been ten times the whiner that he was, okay? Here's what it says. The family, the patriarchs, became jealous of Joseph. They were not happy. Why? Well, one reason is because he had a really cool coat got a fancy coat coat of colors and then they think that it's like some kind of bird vest or something it was a fancy coat like fancy like ooh, ooh, fancy you and his dad gave it to him what does that say between all the kids and him he was the favorite (laughs) it's not 
rocket science, this kid was favored, right? How would you feel if you were a brother or you were in a family and they're all like, uh, well, this kid can do no wrong. It's like, okay. <laughs> I think I've heard enough of that, right? So they sold him. They dumped him. They disregarded him. And they distanced from him. They lied about it. They took an animal, smeared blood, said, Oh, oh, look, this is fancy coat all smeared with blood. (laughs) I guess he got eaten by an animal. Okay. I always have struggled with uh, uh, Jacob not taking the time to ask God, Is he really dead? But that's a whole separate issue because it doesn't seem like that really took place very much. But it didn't matter because God was for him and God was with him. And what that says is it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. God was a part of it. And it didn't matter how it looked to to Joseph. It didn't matter that his brothers intended evil. It didn't matter of any of the circumstances that we can see from our perspective, from the earthly perspective. It didn't matter because God was doing something different. And I, I, I will not hesitate to, to proclaim from the rooftops. In this story, and, and I... I I got to be careful. How I said this. In this story, Joseph, favored by his dad, has prophetic dreams. Who gave him the prophetic dreams? God. So God gave him the dreams. His dad gives him a coat. He's not doing anything. What did he do? You know, it's not like he. It's not like he greased the wheels. He's just getting this stuff, right? He tells his brother. Unfortunately, he's the tattled. I don't tell in the family because he, he he tells his brothers, hey, 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 dad, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And so that just makes it worse. They sell him. They want to kill him. Reuben steps in. They don't kill him. They sell him. And if you're just looking at the story, then he goes to Potiphar's house, and then Potiphar's wife uh, uh, just, you know, just can't keep it together, goes after him. He's, you know, trying to stay away from her, going, hey, 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 I serve your husband. This isn't going to work. She still pursues him, and then he's like, I'm out of here. He has to escape naked, right? Then she accuses him of rape, and then he gets thrown into prison. This guy, I mean, it goes from, hey, things are looking good to, hey, nothing is good, right? The whole time you're reading this story, you're thinking, I would be so mad. How would you not be mad? But the entire time, God was doing something else. It's just amazing. The entire thing you're going through could be something else altogether. You're just not even clueless. We're clueless. It wasn't quite until Joseph got to that position many years after he was in the position of being underneath Pharaoh that he realized, oh, Oh, remember what Jesus said? I've told you this thing so that when they come to pass, you may believe. What does that mean? That means that when it happens, you go, aha, now I get it. See, the way the Lord does things, he's way out ahead of us. He's way, he's in God time, just like we talked about before. And so in every process that Joseph went through, as bitter as he could have been, and maybe in the flesh, should have been, God was delivering him from all of it with a much deeper plan of saving a nation. 
We just like what? what? <laughs> like what? And don't forget, he interprets the dreams. This is the part I did my half over. And then uh, the for the baker and uh, the 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 wine giver and the the wine guy forgets about him. <laughs> Remember me when you see Pharaoh? You betcha. <laughs> Two years later, he remembers, right? When Pharaoh has the bad dream. This poor guy, right? This poor guy. But that was part of the plan. Everything delayed till Pharaoh had the dream so that Joseph can, t- can interpret the dream so that he could be placed in Pharaoh's uh, um, government so that he could essentially save Israel. It's just like, wow. The point of that is for us to understand that God allows a lot of things to go on that look like they're just absolutely ridiculous. Nothing makes any sense. It doesn't work at all. I don't understand why this is happening to the point of God going, it's way beyond you. Just follow my lead. Remember that? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Like, oh. Oh, maybe that's what some of that means. Yeah, that's what some of that means. God has never forgotten you, never left you in the lurch. Just got to trust that he has your best interests in mind. Okay? All right. You've been listening to the David Smith Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 70-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity of Spinanity. Talk to you then. Most of my life it feels like I've been running Running and running and running Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.